Pakam. Okay, crocodile spare ribs, okay. Well, that's different. Josh ate, Josh ate ants, and um, they weren't chocolate-covered ants. They were just regular little bibbits. They were little, little ants. And so anytime we would see ants around, Josh. No, no, those aren't the little sugar ants. He, would, he didn't like the big ones, you know. Uh, yeah. There's all kinds of things that we, we have a taste for or we, uh, we grow accustomed to. I remember the first time I had meatball stew. Oh, I, I said, what is this? There's a lot of different things going on in the meatball stew. And now it's on a, hot, uh, on a cold day. She serves a hot meatball stew after shoveling, you know, just the sidewalk, and that's enough. But um, she makes that meatball stew, and it's good. It's a family tradition. And mom, she just made um, green jello salad. I'm the only one who eats it in my family. It's green jello with uh, cottage cheese and pineapple, and it's, it's delicious. And I'm the only one who had some for uh, Thanksgiving. Um, but, you know, we all have different tastes, different acquired tastes. Sometimes they're acquired, and sometimes they're learned tastes. Um, I want to go to the Bible to talk a little bit more about this idea of taste, and um, it's Psalm 34, and I want to remind you, if you have received one of the prayer cards or one of the prayer request sheets, just make sure you fill it out before the end of service, and get it up here before the end of service so we can let everybody know uh, the prayer requests that you have, and uh, we'll just make sure everybody knows, um, but Psalm 34, and we're going to notice the first eight verses Beginning in verse number 1, the Bible says, I will bless the Lord at all times. His praise shall continually be in my mouth. My soul shall make her boast in the Lord. The humble shall hear thereof and be glad. O magnify the Lord with me and let us exalt his name together. I sought the Lord and he heard me and delivered me from all my fears. They looked unto him and were lightened and their faces were not ashamed. This poor man cried, and the Lord heard him and saved him out of all his troubles. The angel of the Lord encampeth around about them that fear him and delivereth them. O oh, taste and see that the Lord is good. Blessed is the man that trusteth in him. Father, help us tonight to trust in you. Although all around us may seem like there's unsteady, unnerving, uh, disquieted politics everywhere we look. There's things that are uneasy. And Lord, help us to learn to trust in you through the circumstance you've placed us in. And help us to see and taste that you are good. We love and praise you tonight in Jesus' name. Amen. You know, the tongue is a very interesting part of the body. You know, as I studied it... Um, an average person, I don't know if you're above average or below average, has 10,000 taste buds that are replaced every two weeks. And um, I don't know where they go, but they're replaced. Um, and so it's a marvel in and of itself. You have four types of taste buds uh, scattered throughout your tongue. And they have uh, 
major areas of concentration, sweet, sour, salty, bitter. And so it's our a sense of taste that allows us to really enjoy our food. You ever smell something and you say, what's that? You ever smell liver and onions? Some of you may like it. I don't, don't like it. Don't care for it. I can smell it. Long ways off. And, um, you know, when we uh, have that sense of taste, uh, we acquire whatever we're smelling, whatever we're tasting. Uh, when it talks about, oh, taste and see that the Lord is good, you know, we talk about different aspects of the Lord. His goodness endures forever. The Word of God is compared to honey. It's sweet. And when you think about the sweetness of God, especially around this time of the year, uh, we, we kind of forget how sweet God is because of the difficulties that we face. But we, uh, we're weary to try new foods. I, I, you know, Addie is a good example. I'm going to embarrass her a little bit too tonight. Uh, she's a meat and potatoes girl. She doesn't like to try veggies. She doesn't like to try certain things. Uh, and, and we've gotten we've gotten her to try some things, but very small. I'm not going to tell you what they were, but she's tried some things, and they were pretty good. But she won't try them again. And uh, Pam Long is the same way. We tried. We got her to eat calamari one time, once. I thought we were going to wear the calamari. She just gagged in the restaurant. It was just. It was. It was funny, but it wasn't. And so we won't do that again to her. Um, mine years ago was peas. I, I hated peas. And uh, Dad said, you're going to eat all your peas. Well, I ate one. That was all I needed. He ended up wearing the peas. And so we all have uh, a different taste. And so it's the attachment, um, it, it, the, the taste buds that God has given us, it's personal. Everything else. From our touch, our sight, our smell is outside the body. But what we taste, we bring inside. That's very significant in this psalm. Taste and see. We bring the Lord into our lives, into our, into our Christmas, into our lives as far as worship goes. And so it's the idea of taking something and making it personal. Um, I don't know if you've seen that commercial where... Uh, I don't know, they were sitting down to eat something and they took a bite and they froze. It just kind of, how is it? Great. You ever taste something that's nasty and you say, ooh, this is gross, try it. That's what the first thing we do. Here, taste this. This is nasty. No, I'll take your word for it. No, really, try it. No, 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 no. I'm good. <laughs> and, and when we think about tasting and seeing that the Lord is good, Oh, taste and see. Don't you know? His mercy endures forever. His goodness endures to all generations. And so this verse number 8 states, Oh, taste and see that the Lord is good. Blessed is the man that trusteth in him. Now, I want to live the blessed life. I'm not the epitome of the blessed life, but I want to live the blessed life. I want to be blessed by the Lord. I don't want to just exist and until something better comes along or just go along to get along. But I want to live the blessed life. How do we live that? Well, Psalm 1 tells us, Blessed is the man that walks not in the counsel of the ungodly. 
Right, and his delight is in what? The law of the Lord. And the Lord is the one that gives us that sweet appetite. Um, if all we fed Carter was cookies and chocolate, now we do feed the, those things when he comes over. But mom, his mom feeds him some other things in between the time that we feed him snacks. Buster, when he comes over, he goes right to the kitchen. That's Addie's dog. Buster comes over, and he's barking at us, and he's looking at us and running to the kitchen. He knows. He goes and sits right in front of the refrigerator. <laughs> he knows where the treats are. And as soon as he gets his treat, he's gone. And, um, you know, when we think about God being sweet to us, God loves us, and he wants what's best for his creation. Um, when you think about God being sweet, there's all kinds of things that we can talk about. That idea of taste being internal, uh, it must be brought within the mouth and eaten for us to taste uh, before it can become part of us. And so when it comes to taste, no one likes anything that tastes bad. Now, some of your tastes are different. All of our tastes are different. Uh, some of you like things that I'll never try. I'm not going to eat those Spare rib crocodile, you know, mm, that, I'm never going to do that. Uh, not on this life. I don't know if that's going to be in the marriage supper of the lamb. I don't know if that's going to be a part of the menu. But I love Mexican food. Addie and I have a kinship in this. Mexican food is wonderful. And when we think about trying different things, Sometimes our, our appetites, we're, we're, we're confined to what we, our comfort level. And God says, listen, I've got something so much better for you. Can you imagine being the children of Israel as they're wandering around in the wilderness and God gave them something they had no idea what it was. In fact, that's what it was, the name was, manna. What is it? We don't know what it is. So we're going to call it manna. And God gave them something that was so special and they got sick of it. Can you imagine getting sick of something that God provided himself? Can you imagine anybody getting sick of God's word or getting sick of fellowshipping with God's people or church or singing the hymns or anything like that? But some people do. Their tastes vary. Meddle not with them that are given to change. I think that's what my dad said last Sunday. And, um, you know, taste and see that the Lord is good. Blessed is the man that trusteth in him. Um, there's some things that you ladies, you, you like chocolate. Some of you can't get enough of it. Oh, I know, it, it's got health benefits. But that's the dark chocolate. We like all kinds of chocolate. We had dogs that liked chocolate and they lived to a ripe old age. Those dogs every year got into the lint chocolate bunny that Shane, my son-in-law, bought for Ashley. They, they found it, and Dee Dee would take the tinfoil off very carefully. It was still in the shape of the bunny. The chocolate was gone. So she went to get it, and there's nothing in it. It should have killed them a long time ago. They were happy. They, were, they, were, they loved, uh, they had an acquired taste. And so, you know, when you look at, at this scripture, uh, and again, um, our personal taste, we have to put aside, what does God want for us? What does God have for us? 
taste and see that the Lord is good. And number one, salvation. Salvation. He provided a way of escape for us. And uh, you may truly taste the things of the Lord and find Him satisfying. You know, when you, uh, when you get up from the table, are you satisfied as far as spiritual things are concerned? Or you, does it leave you dry and wanting more? Or, you know, if you've ever baked something and sometimes you leave out an ingredient or something wasn't made exactly right, and sometimes it's a little dry. And it's not very good, and it didn't taste just right. And, well, with the Lord, He never leaves something out. He always gives us the fullness of who He is. And so, the challenge, taste and see that the Lord is good in salvation. The Bible says, blessed is the man that trusteth in Him. Where's your trust tonight? Is it in our government? Is it in our families? Is it in ourselves? A lot of people are trusting self. But when you get down to it, we need to get back to what Proverbs 3, 5, and 6 say, trust in the Lord. Trust in the Lord and do good. I know that's not Proverbs 3, 5, and 6, but it says trust in the Lord with all your heart. Lean not to your own understanding in all your ways acknowledge Him. No matter what we go through, no matter what difficulties, no matter what successes, we need to continually trust the Lord. And you've seen that he can bless. He can show himself mighty in ways that you didn't even know. Sometimes we're limited in our vision. I, I am. Right now I'm limited in, in my vision. It's blurry. I can see in this eye, but hopefully Thursday things are going to change. Friday things are going to change. i got to have surgery again. And I, if I think about it, I get a little nervous because it's an hour and a half surgery and they're not putting me to sleep. Wide awake. Yeehaw. Not looking forward to it. But the Lord, the Lord will be with me. I want you all to be with me. Nobody's going to be with me except the doctors. She can't even go up with me. And so she's with me in spirit, I know. But when we taste and see, we can trust the Lord for our salvation. No matter what happens, God is in control. And, um, you know, He's good uh, in what He removes. When you think about what He removes from our life, if we've trusted the Lord as our Savior, He removes sin and condemnation. See, this world thinks that that's all we're about is condemning people. You know, when your life is such a good reflection of godliness and God-filled life and a God-filled spirit in your life. There is conviction that takes place. People don't want to be around somebody that lives right. You know, I, I often, when I'm confronted with certain things, I'm confronted and I rebuff what they say with Scripture. The Scripture doesn't return void or useless or empty. Cast your bread upon the water and after many days you shall find it. But so often what we want is we want to throw our bread on the water and we want chocolate cake in return. God, just give me something better than what I put out there. And I have to learn to trust the Lord. If I don't hide God's word and I have nothing to draw from, it's just like writing rubber checks on your bank account. Hey, I still have checks. I must still have money in the bank. No, no, no. If you don't make a deposit, you can't make a withdrawal. The same thing is true with God's Word. If you don't put something in, then you have nothing to draw from. What are you trusting in? 
yourself. So I will hide thy word in my heart that I won't sin against thee. See, God takes away that the pain of condemnation. We're not condemned. In fact, the Bible says in Romans 8, 1, There is therefore now no condemnation to them which are in Christ Jesus, who walk not after the flesh, but after the Spirit. And first, uh, 2 Corinthians 5, 21, For he hath made him to be sin for us, who knew no sin, that we might be made the righteousness of God in him. He made us joint heirs with Jesus. Boy, that's something special, is it not? He took away, when we got saved, we don't realize everything that we got. There used to be a little booklet that said, 20 thing, uh, 23 things you got with salvation. We don't even know that. We know we got eternal life. We got a home in heaven. We got an escape from hell. But boy, you got so much more. You were adopted into his family. Well, that makes all the difference in the world. We're joint heirs with Jesus. He doesn't condemn us. Oh, we're not perfect yet. We're striving for perfection. We're striving to be more like Jesus Christ. But how do you know what Jesus is like? Well, you read his word. You find out what his preferences are. And, um, you know, there are certain things that we, uh, we're drawn to. Uh, we have common interests uh, in humanity. We enjoy eating. Most of us enjoy one type of food or another, or if we're French-Canadian, we like meat pies. It was an acquired taste for me. I never had it before. And uh, Kayla, she, we've, we've introduced her to a, a lot of different foods, too. And Kayla looks at it with, you know, Georgia eyes. And she tries things. And she... she she, that's right. She likes squirrel. It's just a little morsel, just a little appetizer. And, um, you know, I'm not quite there yet. I'm not quite there yet. But uh, when you think about uh, the things that God takes away, he takes away sin and reproach. Um, praise God. He removes the penalty for that sin, which is death. Romans 6.23. Somebody give me it. The wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. And so he took away that, that weight. Uh, I've had so many people ask me questions about people that either, either commit suicide or die under auspicious circumstances, and they're not going to heaven, right? And, and I'll say, no, that doesn't pre-qualify them for hell or destine them to go to hell. It has to do with the heart. God doesn't condemn us because of the actions. He condemns us if we reject. And if we reject Jesus, that's a choice that nobody wants to endure or go through in their life. 1 Corinthians 15, verse 57. But thanks be to God, which giveth us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. Therefore, my beloved brethren, be ye steadfast, unmovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord, for as much as ye know that your labor is not in vain in the Lord. And so he removes sin and, and also the destination of hell. It was John who said in the book of Revelation, chapter 20, verse 6, Blessed and holy is he that hath part in the first resurrection. 
On such the second death hath no power. But they that uh, they shall be priests of God and of Christ and shall reign with him a thousand years. We say it this way. Born once, you're going to die twice. But if you're born twice, you only die once. You say, what do you mean? Well, if somebody is born into this life and never trusts Jesus as their Savior, they're going to face a second death. They're going to be separated from God eternally. That is death in and of itself. And they're going to be uh, in a place called hell. But if you're born again, born a second time, like Nicodemus says, what is this born again? Trusting Jesus to be your Savior. That's the only way to be born again. And uh, you may die physically, but you'll never be separated from God. Never be separated from God. Boy, that's good to know. Um, and so uh, the psalmist said in Psalm 116, verse 3, The sorrows of death compassed me. The pains of hell got hold on me. I found trouble and sorrow. Then called I upon the name of the Lord. O Lord, I beseech thee, deliver my soul. Gracious is the Lord and righteous. Yea, our God is merciful. The Lord preserveth the simple. I was brought low and he helped me. And so praise God for what he removes from our life. Praise God for what he takes out of the way. So we don't have to worry about, well, am I ever going to sin the unpardonable sin? If you have to ask the question, you haven't done it yet. You still have breath to breathe. You still have conviction of the Holy Spirit. By the way, Christians can't sin the unpardonable sin. Rejection of the Holy Spirit is the unpardonable sin. That's it. Rejecting Jesus Christ. There comes a point of no return. There comes a point where you can't go back. Uh, and some people think, well, someday on my deathbed I'll get right with God. You won't be thinking about that. You'll be thinking about the next breath that you have. And so praise God for what he uh, takes away. But better yet, praise God for what he gives. He gives us a personal, intimate relationship with himself. I'm so glad I'm a part of the family of God. That's the song that we sing. And so Galatians 3.26, For ye are all children of God by faith, in Christ Jesus. And, um, you know, he gives us eternal life and security. What good is it to have eternal life and not know if you're going to be going to heaven because, well, you step out of bounds and God's going to strike you dead? That's not the way God works. He's not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. I mean, his will is everybody to be saved. Jesus, one drop of Jesus' blood cleanses this whole world from sin. All you have to do is accept and believe. Believe and accept. Trust the Lord only to save you. Not Jesus and. Not God and my church. Or God and keeping rules and regulations. The Ten Commandments. By the way, there's over 365 other rules, man-made rules, that they added to the Ten Commandments. To try to get right with God to try to stay right with God. That's not how it works. See, we got the indwelling presence of the Holy Spirit. What is his purpose? He's the comforter. He guides us to what? All truth. As we read God's word, the Holy Spirit convicts us. He enlightens us. He shows us what we're supposed to be doing and what we're supposed to be not doing. He guides our, our footsteps. 
And so, um, John 10, verse 28, And I give unto them eternal life. That's a present, continuous uh, sense there. And they shall never perish, neither shall any man pluck them out of my hand. And so you can't separate yourself from God's love. No matter what you do, people say, well, I've, I've done things so bad. It doesn't matter. God still loves you. I, I've been so backslidden. You know what? God's waiting like the prodigal father with his arms wide open, running to meet you at the gate. And you know, that's, boy, that's good and that's comforting to know. He says, I will never leave you nor forsake you. And um, John 17, verse 3, This is eternal life, and this is eternal life, or life eternal, that they might know thee, the only true God, and Jesus Christ, whom thou hast sent. And so, can you taste them? I remember years ago, there was a message that was preached. Keep your fork, the best is yet to come. Keep your fork, the best is yet to come. See, we come to church, and we go through the motions sometimes, and this is part of serving God, but this isn't the total package. See, when we're out there in the world, that's serving God. When we're beyond the walls of the church, in the real world, so to speak. I've had people tell me that, oh, you don't live in the real world. Oh, no. I just work three hours a week. That's it. When we're in the real world, when we're dealing with real problems and facing real difficulties, what do we do? Sometimes we crack under pressure. You know what? God's refining us as gold that's refined in the fire seven times. He's trying to purify us. He's trying to show himself mighty. All we have to do is rest in the Lord. Trust in the Lord. And so, uh, can you get excited about uh, not just Christmas time and what you're going to get and what you're going to give, and, but dwell in his presence. It's all about him. And so the Lord is good. And by the way, it only gets better. Things in this life may not get better, but God always gets better until we see Him. He's the best. And so He's the Lord, uh, He's good in, in salvation, and He's good in life. He's blessed in life. Um, did you know God provides for our needs in ways we don't even understand? I went to my cleaning lady this week, and last week I, I had some pants that were extremely large. And I said, these aren't mine. I brought them back. I said, these aren't mine. I don't know why. This isn't my size. I'm not going to tell you what size it was. It just wasn't my size. So she went in the back, and she started bringing out clothes after clothes after clothes. And I said, she says, you know what? These have been here since 2017. I'm giving them to you. I said, okay. And they were my size. And they weren't mine. I didn't leave them there for that long. I miss my shirts if I don't have them. I want them to stand up. I want them high, heavily starched. I want them to stand by themselves. And um, she started bringing all these clothes. Well, in the process, I said, hey, listen, I, if I put any more clothes on my, ra on my clothes rack, it's going to tear it off the wall. So... I gave some to my dad. I gave some to my kids. In fact, I got a suit for Josh. It's, it's just his size. How could you leave your clothes there? I got my very first polo shirt. Unbelievable. But God says, here, I'm going to bless you a little bit. 
Some of it's out of style. Some of it's I'm never going to wear. Some of you will buy it from savers. But God said, here, I want to bless you. I said, I don't need it. But God says, here, I'm going to bless you anyway. I didn't ask for it. Here, I want to bless you anyway. You ever been there where God did something and you didn't expect it? I mean, we cry, Abba, Father. The Bible talks about we go directly to the throne of grace. We don't have to wait for some special holiday or holy day. And we can go directly to the throne of grace. And he knows what we have need of before we even ask. Before you came tonight, he knew what you had need of. He knew you needed to be here. He knew you needed to taste and see that he was good. He's good in life. The needs of life. We, we all have needs. Therefore I say unto you, take no thought for your life, what you shall eat or what you shall drink. Most of us on Sunday morning, I, I can hear the stomachs growling. About 11.50. I'm going till 12.30. I'm in trouble when I get eyes from my wife. She said, short and sweet. But God never leaves us wanting something more. He always satisfies. And um, he says, don't take any thought for, what, uh, for your life, what you shall eat or what you shall drink, uh, nor yet for your body. We tend to primp our faces up to make them look good. Oh, I got a great haircut today. My wife gave me a great haircut. I just can't get over it. She can't get over it either. I, I'm, I'm surprised. I trust her. You know, we, we fix ourselves up to make ourselves look younger. The kids are always trying to fix themselves up to make them look older. They dress in older clothes, and then you get older and you want to dress in younger clothes. You know, uh, don't take any thought about what you're going to wear, what you're going to eat, or what you're going to put on. Is not the life more than meat and the body than raiment? We're, we're more important than clothes and food. It's more, sometimes we'll go to, we went to Walmart today, and there was a guy that was asking for food, and he was dressed better than me. Or he was asking for money. He wasn't asking for food. He was dressed better than anybody I saw. And he had a backpack on his back. And, and I'm thinking, you're sending the wrong message. Get some ratty clothes and, you know, make yourself look disheveled. No, he was perfectly groomed. Perfectly shaven. We'll work for food. We'll work for money. Give. Homeless. Whatever it is. Some of those people are making more money than you are. 60,000 plus tax-free money, statistically. God never lets his seed go begging bread. Why? Because he's got us in the palm of his hand. No matter how bad things get, no matter how good things get, God is still in control. Matthew 8:33. But seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things shall be added unto you. And how do you seek God first? Just get close to him. Snuggle up next to him. How do you do that? Get in his word. You get to know his thoughts, and they become your thoughts. You get to know his appetites. You get to know what pleases him. Faith, without faith, it is impossible to please him. 
So what do we have faith in? Ourself? No, faith in him. Trust in the Lord. And so our needs in the midst of temptation, uh, 1 Corinthians 10.13, There hath no temptation taken you, but such is common to man. But God is faithful, who will not suffer you to be tempted above that ye are able, but will with the temptation. What do we pray? God, take me away from this temptation. God, take me out of this situation. I've got a plate full of chocolate here, and I just pass it around, and I wafted all the smell of that chocolate. Oh, it's so wonderful. Have you ever been to Hershey, Pennsylvania? It is wonderful. They have a, a special machine that sends the aroma of the chocolate through that little ride. By the end of the little ride, it's a free ride, but at the end, you've got to pay $64,000 for that chocolate bar. You can make your own chocolate bar, too. It's an expensive proposition. They give you a little piece of free Hershey's chocolate. Oh, it's just a little kiss. And then by the end, that's not enough. See people walking out with bags full of chocolate. What are you going to do with this? Well, they only eat half of it on the way home. When we think about God being so, he just gives us a little kiss of nugget of truth of, of something sweet every single day. We find mercy and truth. Hebrews 4 verse 16. Let us therefore come boldly unto the throne of grace that we may obtain mercy and find grace to help in time of need. You gotten a taste for his goodness yet? There's more. Oh there's so much more. He provides protection, strength in the face of our enemies. We know uh, Psalm 23. Why would he say something so out of, out of character? He prepares a table before me in the presence of mine enemies. It's kind of an odd statement, isn't it? I mean, we, we've said that, we've heard it said, we've memorized it, but why in the world would he say, you prepare a table in the presence of my enemies? You, you want me to banquet? You want me to sit down and eat? Don't worry about the battle. It belongs to the Lord. See, everything that we do is for a purpose. Everything that God did was for our good, for humanity's good. But sometimes we don't want that. We push away and we say, I don't want it. My appetite isn't for those things. And the devil will give us some, some things that won't satisfy. Fake stuff not just fake news but he gives us fake bread full of gluten he gives us all kinds of stuff that's imitation like potatoes in a box some of you use that that's okay I like real potatoes nothing like real potatoes you like spam spam's okay used to be the cheap meat not anymore it's the most expensive one out there you ever eat an MRE? Meal ready to eat? Yeah, you guys did in college, huh? Oof. Oof. Twice? You want to do it again? It's got 3,000 calories in that little box. Nasty. But you know, nothing that God gives us is nasty. It's all blessed and precious. Um, and, and he provides protection and strength. 
Oh, but we have to, in the presence of our enemies, we have to put on the armor of God. Ephesians chapter 6, verse 11. Put on the whole armor of God. Most of the time, you ever go to church with two different shoes on? Or maybe a shirt was inside out. Or something wasn't right. I worked third shift, and I can remember I had a pair of black boots and a pair of brown boots. And when I got to work, the lights were on like this, and they said, hey, you got two different shoes on. I said, no, I have a same, the same pair at the house. <laughs> but, you know, when we... When we're mismatched and, you know, some people go by feeling on their socks. It doesn't matter what they look like as long as they feel the same. That's okay. There's nothing wrong with that. Nobody sees them anyway uh, most of the time. But um, when we look at the Bible and it says put on the whole armor, if we forget to put on the armor of God, we're vulnerable in those areas. And the devil knows the weakest link in that armor. It doesn't, he doesn't know how to read our minds or... Uh, he knows how to influence our minds, but he knows that if he hits something with those wiles, with those, those fiery darts, that eventually something's going to crack. And so, put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. First uh, John 5.18, We know that whatsoever is born of God sinneth not, but he that is begotten of God keepeth himself, and that wicked one toucheth him not. Boy, that's good to know. God protects us. God watches over us. God knows what's best for us. And you know what? He feeds us with good things. Galatians 1.4 Who gave himself for our sins that he might deliver us from this present world or evil world according to the will of God and our Father. And so he makes all things work for our good. We like to pull that verse out of context. Everything's going to work out. Everything's going to be all right. No. You better read the verse and know what it means. Because uh, Romans chapter 8, verse 28 says, And we know that all things work together for the good. Uh, I better read it, not just quote it. We know that all things work together for good to them that love God, to them who are the called according to His purpose. See, everything's not going to work out for those that don't love God. It's not going to be a pretty sight. It's going to be disastrous. But if you love God, it's going to work out. Everything's going to work out for His good, for His glory. And so what a blessing to know He's working on our behalf to turn bad things in the world for our good. We look at this situation that we're in, and how did we get to this point? A lot of distrust, a lot of anger, a lot of, well, when you take God out of anything, when you pull God out of our, our schools and out of public service and you pull God out of every aspect of life, what do you expect? God is not the author of confusion. What do we see today? Confusion. A lot of confusion. God says, rest, trust, be still, know. And um, praise the Lord, we can trust and we can taste, uh, we're getting there, taste and see that the Lord is good in salvation, in life. And then finally, he's good in eternity. Blessed is the man that trusteth in him, the Bible says. 
One of these days we're going to have a new body, new eyes. Mem's going to have cataract surgery tomorrow. That's the easy one. Mine is a little bit more deeper. And Friday. I'm not belittling the fact. I, I enjoyed both cataract surgeries. It was wonderful. The one that I'm going for is not so wonderful. One of these days we don't have to deal with this viruses in heaven. We don't have to deal with this eye situation or back problems or knee problems or, or teeth problems or difficulties that we face. We're going to be having a new body. That's going to be a great time. I don't think there's any doctors in heaven. Now, I don't say that doctors don't go to heaven. We won't need a doctor in heaven. We won't need a dentist in heaven. We won't need lawyers in heaven. Why? <laughs> I didn't say that. If you're a lawyer and you're watching, I didn't say that. That's a disclaimer. So we <laughs> we'll have a new body. The Bible says in 1 Corinthians chapter 15, verse 52, In a moment, in the twinkling of an eye, at the last trump, for the trumpet shall sound, and the dead shall, remain, uh, shall be raised incorruptible, and we, shall, and we shall be changed. For this corruptible must put on incorruption, and this mortal must put on immortality. And um, this new body, it comes, uh, you think about what we've had to deal with. We've had to learn to dress ourselves. We've had to learn to adjust. We've had to learn to do all kinds of things as we grow older. And um, we'll have a whole different set of circumstances with a new body. I don't know what that circumstances are going to include, but I know we'll have a white robe. That's all we need, just keep it clean. Maybe there's a cleaner in heaven, I don't know. She's probably got a lot of unclaimed robes, I don't know. No, I don't want to say that, but... Um, you know, we, we can taste and see that the Lord is good. John 14, verse 1. Let not your heart be troubled. You believe in God, believe also in me. In my Father's house are many mansions. If it were not so, I would have told you. I go to prepare a place for you. And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again and receive you unto myself, that where I am, there ye may be also. No more high energy bills. No more... Uh, dealing with all kinds of expenses that are outrageous. No more dealing with the cares of this life. Um, get a generator. Boy, generators are great, unless you run out of gas. Unless you run out of propane, unless you run out of the natural gas. My brother-in-law is putting in one. He's going to have a pipe direct. Now, what happens if there's a disruption in the gas line? And there's no power. Jesus said all power is given unto him. And uh, no, more, um, no more problems. New roofs, new water heaters. Just perfect accommodations. I don't know what your mansion is going to be heated with. But God's the light there. When you think about it, there's no need for any, uh, any light or street lights in heaven. We won't need him because he is the light. And so, um, you know, foundations of all manner of precious stones. Now, the Bible gives us word pictures to describe what heaven is like. Mansions, streets of gold, walls of jasper. 
all these different things. A sea of glass, crystal sea. And the glory of the Lord will be, that Shekinah glory will be there to keep everything lit just like it's supposed to be. Go back to Psalm 23. There's a phrase in there that says, on earth as it is in heaven. It seems like this world is getting darker and darker. Spiritually. Spiritually. Not physically. I mean, it's getting darker early in the Northeast every year. By 3 o'clock, it's like, oh, I'm ready for bed. You know, it's kind of, why is it so dark? Alaska, they get a half an hour of sunlight in the winter months. It's bad. Heaven, there's no, no night. No tears. He's going to wipe away all tears. You ever been disappointed? Heartbroken? You ever been so upset about something you cried about it? In heaven, there's no tears. He's going to wipe away all tears. And so, as we come to the end of this particular message, oh, taste and see. Are you tasting and see that the Lord is good? And know that it's a challenge. You have to focus on making Him a priority in the Christmas holiday. The commercialism sometimes overwhelms us, overtakes us. But we have to stop, take a step back and say, Lord, help me to be appreciative of what you blessed me with. Help me to exemplify Christ to those that we come in contact with. They need to know uh, there is a God in heaven and he loves everyone unconditionally. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. Why? To die for my sins. And so Revelation 22, verse 17, And the Spirit and the bride say, Come, and let him that heareth say, Come, and let him that is a thirst come, and whosoever will, let him take of the water of life freely. Can you taste him? Can you see him? Can you hear him? Let's pray. Father, we thank you so much that you are good. Help us as individuals to taste and see that God is good. And Lord, just watch over us as we spend a little time in prayer in your presence. Lord, we may be overwhelmed by the circumstances of life and in, in our own personal walk. But Lord, just wrap your comforting arms around each one here tonight. And even those that are watching, we don't know the difficulties or the problems that people are facing. But you do. And Lord, help us to exemplify what a real Christian is this Christmas season. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. All right. Now, if you've already filled out a, one of the prayer sheets, just bring it on up here or have um, let's, Daniel. Thank you for volunteering. If anybody has a prayer sheet, just hold it up, a prayer card. If you filled one out. Um, we do want to remember to pray for um, Mrs. Laporte. She's having surgery tomorrow morning about 10, 10.30, something like that. And um, she's having cataract surgery tomorrow. Um, and pray for... Um, Linda, uh, she, Cynthia Derrida, she's tested positive for the COVID, and um, she needs to, she needs to be lifted up in prayer. Her grandson David needs a job. Uh, many, many unspoken. How many have unspoken prayer requests tonight? Many unspoken. Uh, we see the hands, but God sees the heart. 
and pray for uh, our young people at, at the church and um, God's to, God to touch, touch all the generations and then pray for uh, there are circumstances in the church that you don't even know about but God does and so just pray that God's will will be perfected in our family our church family um, there are churches that are shutting down and it's not a scary tactic but there are churches that are closing because of this situation and we're, we're seeing um, a lot of different things that are happening the devil's trying to ruin the testimony of Christ in this world and so we have to remain faithful we have to be where God can use us uh, and and just be faithful to what he's called us to do I will ask for your prayers for me I'm uh, Friday I'm going to be having my wonderful surgery too on the eye they're taking the oil out and um, hopefully this will be a memory uh, all right pray for Mike Morin and um, pray for that whole Morin family the whole Morin family there's uh, a lot of circumstances going on with them um, and just pray for their health uh, I know Russell's been having some problems and I know Terry's got a little bit of health problems uh, Pauline's still struggling with her health and so just keep these uh, these in prayer we just found out that Linda um, also has Lyme disease if I'm not mistaken and so we just want to continue to pray for uh, pray for that family all right um, I will open it up I that's something that we do is anybody have a prayer request that you would like to mention tonight Marcel definitely have